Hey you guys, um, it's good to see you tonight. So yeah, if you don't know me, my name is Tim. Um, we're going to share. I'm going to share some of this next series we've been going through called The Way. So we're going to speak sort of like probably about 30 minutes or so. I'll try and be quick, and then um, yeah, we're going to respond and, and take communion and sing some more songs to finish off tonight as well. Um, yeah, what we've been doing is is this is actually the 11th one. So we're we're going trying to do this big series, but so it doesn't get overwhelming. We're just sort of breaking up into smaller chunks. It doesn't feel so big. Um, and going through the Sermon on the Mount and this teaching of Jesus, and we're calling the way because it's it's actually what's Jesus' way? Like, what does it actually mean to be a Jesus follower? To actually live his life? To actually not just trust what he did, but trust in him and base our lives on him? And we've just finished a section which is chapter 5, where Jesus has been talking about the law and taking it deeper and saying, what does it look like to live in the kingdom? And we're starting a new section now just for the next two weeks, and then we'll take a break and then come back and keep it going um, from chapter 6. And in this section, Jesus um, starts to talk about some different things and start off with is talking about some things to be aware of in life, some dangers in life. And it's actually a warning, but it's an encouraging warning because he's, he's concerned for us and wants us to live in this kingdom and have fullness of life. And we can summarize the two warnings down to the warning to be aware of the danger of living to impress people and living to seek approval of people. That's the first warning that we're going to look at tonight and then we'll keep going through the next couple of weeks. And the other warning is looking for security in possessions and security in money and wealth. And Jesus is like master teacher. Jesus knows everything about life. And he knows that these are big issues for people. Like he, they were big issues for people back then. These are probably the biggest issues in some ways for people today. Like his teaching is like down to earth, like real life, the, the, just the mess of life, the difficulties of our hearts. Like he's trying to get right into that. So that's where we're going. Um, so I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to go through, it's like four verses in Matthew 6 and just break it down little bit by little bit try and bring some light into why this is really important, what it could look like to live this way, and then just finish off and and respond. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll read these verses. So, Father, we just thank you that you're our Father, Jesus, that you've you've come to show us what does it mean to live as a son, trusting his Father, and and you've made that possible for us. Um, Thank you that you're present here, and, and we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would... Um, yeah, take, take the words of Jesus that, that have been written down. Take my words, Lord, and would you speak them into our hearts and pray bring freedom and life and ability to see you and know you more. Um, so just have your way, Lord. Just Would you just create space in our hearts and our minds in this time and would you just yeah, bring change and growth in, in, in this relationship we have with you. We just pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Cool. So this is Matthew 6, verse 1. Be careful, so again, warning, not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. But I might just read the whole thing and then I'll, then I'll go back. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. So it's four verses. That's all we're going to look at tonight. But there's so much depth and beauty in what Jesus is saying. This first section is kind of like a summary 
um, that doesn't just apply to what we just read then, but also the next two sections after it. So Jesus is sort of, here's the summary, be careful not to practice your righteousness um, in front of others to be seen by them. And then he talks about giving in those verses we were talking about just then. Next week, Kate Garan's preaching, which is going to be awesome. She's preaching on prayer. And it's again, it's, it's, it's applying this concept to prayer. And then later on, after a little while, we're going to talk about fasting. Joel's going to preach on fasting, which would be cool. And then it, this applies to fasting as well. So, and these were like the things that people did um, back then. These were like the main things you did as a Jewish person seeking to follow God. One of the main ones was give, giving, giving to the poor. It's just expected that this is what you did. In the synagogue, there'd be an offering, and that would go to people in need. There was no Centrelink back then. Like People were dependent um, on, on the offerings of others. And this, is, this was just an everyday thing that you did. You gave, and you prayed. Prayer was foundational. It was something that everyone did. And fasting back then was just taken for granted. It was normal. Probably not so much taken for granted today, um, but back then that's what it was. For us, maybe it's more like um, if you're going to follow Jesus, you... Reading the Bible is important. Prayer is important. Going to church is important. Worshiping God is important. Like, like these are all things that sort of are the, the religious things that we do today, right? So this, Jesus is talking about them, but he says there's a danger with them. And this is the danger, he says. Don't do them in front of others to be seen by them. What's the danger? If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, this is confusing straight up because... Just a little bit before this in this sermon, Jesus has said, do good things. He says, let your light shine before the world. Do good works so that people will see that and glorify God. So Jesus is saying, like, follow me and do all these good things so people see it and glorify God. But now he's saying, don't. And it's like, what is the right thing to do? And it's, it's, it's quite a small nuance. And the, the issue here is actually, it, it, Jesus' issue is actually not with people seeing our good things. Like Jesus' issue is not with people seeing us praying or seeing us give to the poor. The issue goes deeper. It's actually the issue of our hearts and our motivations for doing those things. So Jesus is actually saying that there's a danger in terms of your motivation. Because if you read it, this is what he says. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. The issue is the motivation. Another translation says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in order to be seen by others. The question is, why are we giving? Why are we praying? Why are we fasting? Why are we coming to church? If it's to be seen by others, Jesus says, if you do that, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Which is interesting. We'll kind of unpack that as we go. So Jesus takes that concept, right, of be aware of the motivation for doing these things, and then he applies it to giving. That's kind of what we're looking at tonight, but mainly the big concept. So he says, so when you give to the needy, so again, he assumes that people are giving to people in need. Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites in the synagogues and on the streets do, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So Jesus is talking about I think he's kind of being funny in some way. I don't think he's being literal. I, don't, I think commentators and stuff I read said they don't think that anyone actually did this, that like you, it's your turn, the offering's coming around, you have a trumpet ready just so you make sure everyone looks at you right then and put, sees how much you put in. Like, like I don't think people actually did that, but at the same time, it seems like it's pretty normal back then that people wanted people to notice them when they gave. That actually it wasn't, there, there was a value I was reading that of, of giving in secret, like that was actually a value. 
Like that was like, if you give and don't, no one knows about it, like that's awesome. But the reality was people didn't do that. Like the reality was people wanted to be noticed. And like they might put their money in the, in the box or something and just like throw it in really loud so it makes a stack of noise. Or like they might just say a loud voice. Like one thing I read was like, Supposedly, sometimes there wouldn't be much water around and people would need to distribute water. So you'd find someone with a loud voice to announce that there's water here and then stand right there so people know that you're the one giving it. Like, like things like that, right? They, they want to be seen. And Jesus says, these, he calls these people hypocrites. And the word there basically means actors. They're, they're putting on an act and a show. They're doing it in order to be honored by others. And he says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. He's saying, if you are doing these things, if you're giving in order to be honored by other people, you will be honored up by other people, but that's all. That's the reward that you'll get. And he says this, when you give to the needy, so imagine he's talking to these followers, he's teaching about his king, when you people here, when you do these things, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And you think, like, that's hard. Like, how do you do that? And, like, you see, the, the, the implication, right, is, like, the way not to let your left hand know what you're right hand doing is like when you just do things naturally without even thinking about it and you just kind of forget about the fact that you've done it. Like when you're driving your car and then after like half an hour you realize you're driving and you freak out like, how did I get this far? Like I was just thinking about what I'm going to do today. Like, like you just naturally do it. And Jesus is saying like when you give, just give out of this abundance naturally. Just give and then forget about it. Don't draw attention to it. Don't tell people about it. Just, just let it be. He says so that your giving may be in secret. Let it, let it say a secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is so interesting. Like, like Jesus is not saying the sort of things that we would probably think he would say or that we might say. For example, he doesn't say these people who are giving are hypocrites and they're, they're, they're making a bad name for the church and they're making a bad name for God and that's why you must make sure you don't do that because otherwise people won't want to come and follow God. Like, that's true, but that's not Jesus' concern in this section. He's not, that's not why he says don't do what these people who he's calling hypocrites are doing. Jesus' concern is actually our reward. He's actually saying, if you do that, if you give in order to be honored by other people, that's what you'll get. That's all you'll get. And you miss out on the reward of the Father. You see, Jesus actually is not saying what we might say. We might say, like, just give because it's the right thing to do. Just give because um, people are in need. Um, just, just give because it's, it's right. Like, Jesus actually says, no, give for a reward, but be aware which reward we might say just you shouldn't think about anybody, what anybody's thinking of you. shouldn't be aware of anybody else. Just sort of be true to yourself. Jesus actually says, no, actually have an audience. Like living for an audience is not wrong. Jesus' concern is not whether we have an audience or whether we get a reward. His concern is which audience and which reward. He assumes that we have one of those. This is how Oswald, not Os, Os Guinness says, the question is not whether we have an audience, but which audience we have. The question is whose attention are we seeking? Whose praise are we seeking? And Jesus' concern is that if we seek it from people, we miss out on what God has. That, that's actually, that, that's like the warning, right? It's so interesting, right? He so values 
the audience before God and the reward that the Father can give. So I'm summarizing this week like this. The way of Jesus is to live all of our life before an audience of one. He says, actually have an audience. Live before somebody, but make sure that person's the right person. Make sure it's the Father, that we live all of our life before the Father. We give because we love Him, because we're serving Him and others. We pray to Him. That's what prayer is. We fast to grow with Him. So we're going to go through, and I just want to break down like three um, sort of applications of what this could look like to actually live this way, to live a life before an audience of one. The first one is this, that this can lead to freedom from dependence on the approval of others, of other people. I don't know about you guys, but um, here lots of people say, I struggle with what people think of me. Like, and I definitely struggle with that. This has been a struggle for a long time in my life of, of seeking to please people, um, not even wanting to disagree, trying to just, just stay quiet, just not speak up, not wanting people to be upset, thing, things like that. And, and I think it's just sort of childhood growing up. You, everyone sort of has defense mechanisms and ways of coping and so forth. And one, one of my ways of coping is, is kind of always be screening other people to sort of work out where they're at and what they think and what they want and kind of fall into line with that so that you're safe, that they can't get upset at you because you kind of went ahead and you're aware. And for, for a while, I've um, felt like God has challenged that in me. And, and quite a few years ago, I just felt a real pull to stop that. Like, like just what God wants me to do is actually just let go of that defense. It's a defense mechanism. Just let it go and trust Him. And you just stand with God, resting in God alone, trusting God alone. And when I felt, I felt this, God just working on my heart and pulling me towards that. And I just had this sense of like, that is so dangerous. Like, like that is how I've coped. Like, like, like preempting, screening, to, to let that go feels so scary and so dangerous. But then it just flipped. And I realized, actually, the thing that's dangerous is living that way. That's actually the most dangerous thing. That's, that's dependence on the approval of people that means that whoever you're around has control of you, that you can't actually fulfill what God may call you to if people don't like that. It's actually bondage. It's actually really, really dangerous. And actually the safest place is actually between, before the audience of one, trusting the God who knows best, who loves you, who is faithful, who will not misuse or manipulate. Like, like actually trusting him and letting people think what they think, that's actually the safest place. Like they may feel scary, but it's safe. This is what Proverbs says as well. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Another translation says the fear of man is a snare, but trusting in the Lord means safety. Actually living that sort of reactive to other people is actually really dangerous. Living, trusting God is actually safe. Although it may, it may lead to problems, but ultimately is safe. This is a quote from Henry Now, and he kind of, describes this, this desire for the approval of others and how it can even grow and become a trap. He says this, In our society, we are inclined to avoid hiddenness, so this secret life that Jesus is talking about. We want to be seen and acknowledged. We want to be useful to others and influence the course of events. So this is, this is a normal thing, again, promoted by society. We, we want to be seen. It's particularly in our society, right? They need to be so, so much about image, 
being visible, being famous, being influential. I think it's harder in Australia even because like you, you want to be seen, but you have to make sure that you don't, people don't think you want to be seen because then you get cut down. So it's like complex. Like, um, and, and there's this innate desire. And then he goes on to say this, but as we become visible and popular, we quickly grow dependent on people and their responses and easily lose touch with God the true source of our being. This is the idea that actually, often we want approval, want recognition, want people to notice us. As that happens, that actually feeds that and actually grows through dependence on that and actually leads us away from God. You know, in some ways even, like I was thinking about this this afternoon, like in some ways, when, when people are actually upset at you, it drives you to God, Right? But when you do something really awesome, everyone praises you for it, you can kind of forget about God. Like, it's easy to say, oh, thanks, God, and then just sort of move on. Whereas, whereas when, when things are hard, you say, oh, well, I really just have to come back to God. There's actually, there's a dependence on the approval of others that can actually be a trap. And living an audience of one, this hidden secret life before God, can lead to freedom from dependence on that not being ensnared to what people think, but able to follow and live with God. Another thing that it can lead to is consistency across all areas of life. We talked about this this morning, is integration. This idea of an integrated life that's not public and private or split. So Jesus talks about hypocrites in this passage, and, and the, the word really means actor, or someone who's acting or putting on a show. And we love actors, right? Like we love um, movies and shows, and I, I don't know if you've had this before, but I, when I watch shows like or movies, particularly, I just normally get so engrossed into it. You're just sort of just consumed by the story, and you're just there. And then I don't know if you've had this before, but you have a moment when you just—it's like your favorite TV show, or your favorite movie, or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you realize, like, oh, they're just actors. Like, they're just on a set, like with cameras. Like, that's actually not a real place. They're not real people. Like, this is just their job. They rock up, put on the clothes, and, and put on the voice, and then they go home. Like, like it's actually, they're just actors. Like, they're putting on a show. And that's, that's fine, right? Because that's, that's what actors do. Um, but you don't, hopefully, they don't go home and then keep acting like Batman or something like that. Like, like they do that in front of the camera, right? There's no camera. That probably doesn't need to keep happening anymore. Like, especially if there's no one around. Um, now, that's the thing, right, with an actor, like you, you act when there's a camera or you act when there's an audience and when there's not, you don't because you don't need to. And that's what Jesus is saying about these people, right? Like they're giving because people are watching. It's an act or, or, or the next few weeks they're praying or they're fasting so that people will see them. So if nobody saw, they probably wouldn't give or they probably wouldn't pray. It's not, it's not that they love God and want to honor God. It's that they want people's approval. So there's this like public image that's an act and there's this private reality and there's this split. So there's people, one person in public, one person in private. And again, that's just not a consistent, integrated life. Jesus actually wants us to have this integrated, consistent life. N.T. Wright puts it like this, what is clear is that he is inviting followers to a life in which inside and outside match perfectly, both because both are focused on the God who sees in secret. You see, you can't act before God because God 
is looking at our heart, right? And God knows our heart probably more than us. And God sees in secret. So when you're at your work or when you're at church, wherever you are, he sees, and then you go home, and no one else sees, but he still sees. And he sees what's in secret. So if we're living before him, if he's our audience, if he's the one we're seeking to please, then there's no place where he's not, right? Like, like that's all of life. Like, if, if he's the one, he will see when there's an act, or he will see when something's just a show. So if we're seeking to impress him, then, then there's no point in acting. Like, there's no one to act before. It's just him. And then this leads to a life that's actually consistent and integrated, and that we're actually honest. And actually, like Jesus is saying, like, we give because it's just the overflow of our heart. We don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. It just sort of happens before God. So this idea of an audience for one can lead to consistency across all of life. And lastly, can lead to the intimacy, and is in, is, I think it's the way to the intimacy that we actually long for. What we so desire, I think often, is, is intimacy, right? to be known by God, to be close to Him, to be close to other people. We're built for a relationship, and, and not just, just surface level, but like deep, intimate connection with God and other people. This is, this is what we long for. And, and part of that is being noticed. Part of it is being, having attention. I think that's what even leads to a desire for fame or desire for praise. It's like if heaps of people knew who we were, then, then we would be satisfied. This, this longing for intimacy would be satisfied. But it's just not true. Um, Jim Carrey has a great quote. He said, um, I, I wish everyone could be rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they could realize that's not the answer. That actually, you think about it, right? Like think about all the famous people you know. Do you think they're experiencing intimacy and, and closeness and connection and wholeness? Like probably not, right? <laughs> like, like th- but there's actually a way to this intimacy, but this is a deep desire that we have. Even kids, right? Like kids so often want attention, want to be seen, want to be noticed, particularly by their parents. Um, even when I was teaching prep, like kids would just want you to look at them. Like I, there's, there's kids, especially kids who didn't have a dad or close parents, like they would just want to like spin and fall over or something and they'd want you to watch them. Like they'd want you to look at them. They'd keep asking for attention. Like it's such an innate thing. But the interesting thing is it actually doesn't go away. Like we still want that deep down. This is how Dale Bruner says, the child's watch me, this demand, watch me, watch me, becomes the adult's more unspoken, but just as deep, notice me. We actually desperately want to be noticed. We actually want attention. You see this everywhere, right? Like, like I mean, particularly like social media, like we post stuff, like we want attention. We want to be noticed. We want people to comment, we want people to share and, and like. And again, not that that's wrong, but the motivation behind a lot of the time, I think, can be, can be this deep desire. Dale Brunner says again here, we were made to notice and be noticed by God. It's actually the, the intimacy that we long for is actually the intimacy with God. Actually, our, our soul is designed to rest in Him. And that's, that's this sort of life of audience of one, hidden secret place with God can actually lead to that. We actually let other things fall down, what other people think, the externals, the public, and in the hidden place, come before God and realize actually he's the one 
that has what we need, this intimate, close connection. Henry Nouwen talks about it like this. He says, one of the reasons that hiddenness is such an important aspect of the spiritual life is that it keeps us focused on God. So in the secret place, the place where God is, it keeps him, he has the attention. In the hiddenness, we do not receive human acclamation, admiration, support, or encouragement. So no one knows about your hidden place or secret life with God. Nobody praises you for it. In hiddenness, we have to go to God with our sorrows and joys and trust that God will give us what we most need. Actually, just coming before him, not without other people, without the, the people, other people needing to know about it and just letting God be God and we trust him in this closeness. He says, it is in hiddenness that we can find a true intimacy with God and a true love for people. That this is actually what Jesus desires for us. Not, not a life where we, we do religious things, right, so that people look at us and are impressed. He says, if you want that, you can have it, but that's it. What he wants for us is a secret life with the Father and the reward of the Father. And he doesn't say what the reward is. Like I think, I think it definitely is, is going to lead to intimacy, this, this looking at God and realizing he's smiling at us, he's pleased with us. But I think there's maybe more as well. So this, this audience of one leads to this freedom from depending on what people think, consistency across all of life, and the intimacy that we long for. And again, this is, this is a challenge, right? Like this is not... Like, okay, all right, let's all go out and just live for an audience of one right now. Like, like this, we're talking about motivation of the heart. Like, like, almost everything we do, I think, has mixed motivations. Like, no one has pure motivation. But this is this direction. Like, this is the way of Jesus. Let's walk in this direction that we seek to grow and cultivate a secret life with God where we, we're aware of what he's thinking all the time and not so much what other people are thinking. And, and, some of you guys, probably most of you guys, do this, right? Like, like you've read these verses before. Like you, you've, you've heard about this idea of a secret place with God. And you may just naturally serve in ways where you just, it just happens. Like your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. Like, like especially you guys that have gone on camps or, or just uh, serving your friends, other people in our church community. Like, like someone's in need and you just give or you just bless, or you pray for them, it just kind of happens, and, you, and nobody else knows about it. But the encouragement is, the Father knows about it. Like, maybe even you're served in jobs and things where it's not up the front, it's like behind the scenes, people don't know, the Father knows. He sees. And the small acts of generosity, the small acts of love and giving and support, Jesus says the Father sees those. And more than that, he rewards those. And that's awesome, right? Like, other people don't have to see. It's enough that he sees and recognizes. But something we can do to, to grow in this, to, to, to foster this more, an audience of one in our heart, is actually embrace the discipline of secrecy. There's actually a spiritual discipline. So it's like, like prayer or fasting. Like These are things that we do that shape our heart and grow us in God. Like The point is not the thing. The point is the effect it has on us and the way it shapes us. And secrecy means deliberately seeking to keep things that we do for God or others a secret as a practice to not do it for other people's attention, but do it just before God. 
So one thing you could do is just next time that you give or you serve someone, you, you help someone, just don't tell anybody, right? Like there may be this, there probably will be this like desire, like I want someone to know about this. Like, like this, this costs me or like I gave it. This is a good thing. I did like I want someone to notice. Like I want to tell someone, like maybe sort of just want to drop it in a conversation or something like that or want to post it. Like there, there may be that desire, but feel that desire, but then remember that the Father sees. He's noticed. And more than that, he will reward. And this can be a discipline where we just like deliberately do things for God, do things for others, and just keep it a secret. And then grow this secret life with God that, that is this audience of one consistent, free life of intimacy with him. So saying the way of Jesus is to live all of life before an audience of one. And this is how Jesus lived. Right, like, like I was thinking just before, like Jesus was tempted to not live this way. When Satan came to him, Jesus, he's being tempted, go a different way, take a shortcut, just, just do something spectacular so people will notice you and they'll follow you, they'll see who you are. Like, no, Jesus lived before his father. And imagine if Jesus hadn't done that. Like imagine if he had just been dependent on the approval of other people or just gone with what the crowds thought. Like, like he would never have gone to the cross. But that's what the father said to do. Like even when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, like, like his heart, his desire is to follow the Father. He, he seeks to honor the Father and even says, not my will, but yours be done. And then people crucify him. His friends betray him. Like, like all these things just, just crumble to the ground. But, but he is living this life faithfully the life before the Father. He says, that's actually what matters, right? And imagine like, like, like the options, right? One option is, is, is give in and just seek the approval of the world and the praises of people. Like, like the temptation maybe for us is like, let's just go out, like, like to just do, we just want awards, fame. Like you could have Nobel Peace Prize. You could have all, like all this praise from people, right? But, but have not actually followed or lived before the Father. Or, Live a life that maybe nobody even notices. Or maybe people think that you're against God. Like, like people accuse people, Jesus of being against God. Like, like maybe nobody really gives us praise or honor or anything like that, but the Father notices. But he sees. And for Jesus, this is like a no-brainer, right? Like the approval of human beings or the Father or the eternal God. Like, this is not just, just the approval of God. Like, this is God, like the Father, the, the God who made everything, and he has a reward. Like, like again, Jesus is saying the comparison is, is nothing, and in his life, comparison was nothing. Like, like, he lived faithful to the Father. It was worth it. And because he did that, we're able to have this relationship with him now, and we can walk his way and live this way as well. So as we come to take communion, what we do is we've got biscuit and, and the juice. And if you follow, if you believe Jesus, you can take the biscuit representing his body and, and dip it in the blood. Um, and Not the blood, the juice representing his blood. <laughs> and, and then take it in, in, in your own time. And, and just as, as you do that, just think about Jesus and what he's done and how he lived this way. And let's just 
come before him and ask him to shape our hearts, purify our motivations, grow us in this way. And we're going to sing a few songs to finish. And I just encourage you to respond how you'd like to respond. Again, maybe this is an issue and, and it would just be a great idea to get some prayer and just ask someone around you to pray for you. Um, I'll go up the back. If you'd like prayer, you can come and ask for prayer as well. And we're, we're singing a few songs. So I just encourage you to respond, really engage with what God might be doing in your heart in this time. So yeah, let's pray and then, then we'll do that. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that you've shown us your way and and you did this, that you lived before your father um, in faithfulness and obedience and in trust and in love and you even went to the cross. Um, and because of that, we can know you and live with you and, and just ask God, would you just give us that same mindset, the same revelation of who you are, Lord, um, the same revelation of just what it means to live and, and to be your, your children, and would you just give us freedom and life to walk um, before you, that you would be our God, that you'd be the God of our secret life, um, and you'd be our audience, would seek your reward, and just let the things of the world, the approval of people just drop compared to you, Father. Just ask that you would do that. Just creating us a community that, that is so um, just in love with you and just so integrated in all of our lives, um, in the secret place with you. So Father, just come and, and just really pray, Lord, would you just bring breakthrough um, from the fear of people, um, from the bondage that can lead to, and just ask God that you would just walk us in this path of freedom and life, we pray. Uh, so Holy Spirit, would you come and just do what you want to do in our hearts tonight. We just pray this in your name. Amen.